Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. All right, here we go into a Friday on News Talk 1400 DWS and Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400, good to be with you on this Friday, November the 16th. My name is Brian Barnhart. Always a privilege to be with you each and every day. During this time slot, you have a variety of ways to reach us. We're going to talk a lot of different topics today as we open up the phone lines here. We'll have mostly open line time. Near the end of the show, we'll have the last of our Illini Fridays. Of course, the last home game of the year is tomorrow. Ken Brown, Barry Hauser will join us near the end of the show, about 1040 or so. But other than that, uh, pretty wide open today. I do have a variety of things I will lead into the show with. And you can choose to uh, partake in those, or you can say, nope, I want to talk about something else. And that's the beauty of the open line. So if there's something you want to bring up, you can either call us, 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515-357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Again, not as cold today, 39. Still got the snow on the ground, of course. Uh, Some of that will uh, melt away. And I will not be here next week in this particular chair. I will be uh, flying out to uh, Maui after the football game tomorrow. I'll leave on Sunday. You can read all about that in the uh, News Gazette today. They did a little feature on it but in the uh, top of the morning segment. But Ed and I will fly out on Sunday to Maui. We'll have the games for you. The first game is 1030 at night. So get the uh, radio by the pillow, and you can listen to us late at night. On Monday night, and if they win, it'll be late again on Tuesday night. And win or lose, it'll be a good opponent. Gonzaga Monday, Iowa State or Arizona Tuesday, and then one of the other teams on the other side of the bracket as well. Duke's out there, Xavier's out there, Auburn's out there, San Diego State on the other side. So very, very prestigious tournament, very big deal. And then uh, fly back on Thanksgiving and be up in Chicago for the Northwestern game a week from Saturday to close out the regular season there. Basketball game back here on that Sunday and then to Notre Dame on that following Tuesday. So uh, several games to partake in. So while I'm gone next week, we'll do a variety of things here. Of course, it's Thanksgiving week. But on Monday, Monday morning quarterback show, Jim Dye and Lauren Tate together. You hear them at different times on the show. But we'll have them together. And Jim Dye's just been asking me every time, hey, when do I get to do Monday morning quarterbacking? Next Monday. He'll do it with Lauren Tate. Tuesday, since the basketball game is so late Monday night, we'll not have a call-in post-game show with Scott Beatty. He'll do that the next day on Tuesday during this time frame. He'll have a regular penny show, a more uh, down-the-middle show on Wednesday, get you ready for Thanksgiving. No particular penny show on Thursday with Thanksgiving Day. And then on Friday, Ann Roten, who's normally on Sunday, will come in and play some Christmas music, get you in the holiday spirit in that time frame, 9 to 11 on Friday. And then I'll be back a week from Monday, and then I'll be gone that following Tuesday to Notre Dame. 
So that's kind of the schedule for me here over the next few days. Good to have you with us today, though. Open line time, Illini Friday near the end of the show. We'll take your phone calls, 356-9397. In fact, Jerry has jumped in here pretty early. Hey, Jerry, good morning to you. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Brian. My question to you is, I know you do the news sometimes, but I don't know if you produce it. Uh, how do they determine what is newsworthy and what isn't? Uh, a friend of mine's SUV was stolen from a, a gas station, run in to get some cigarettes and left the car running, which wasn't smart. But uh, when he come out the car, the SUV was gone and it never made the news. And I was wondering, mm-hmm. uh, what is determined uh, newsworthy and what isn't? And I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Okay. Well, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. Well, there's several factors that go into it, and I can't speak for everything at the newspaper, but generally for the radio side of things. And for several years, I just read the news. I really didn't. I haven't gone out and covered any stories, particularly for several years since my early days at the station 18 years ago. It's been a while since I've gone to a city council meeting, for instance, or whatever. I guess the you know, part of it has to do if it's an individual situation, if, you know, somebody's car is missing or whatever, I don't know if that's, um, it might get a little mentioned somewhere, but it's, it's, I guess they, they look at it as what is the, what are the biggest issues in the community, the school district potentially going on strike. That's a big story. Uh, what's happening with Urbana schools right now and the discussion over there, that's a big story. Sale of the nursing home, and that's a big local story. I mean, there are just certain Every day you come with a list of, and they have a big board in the newsroom that they mark down, here's a potential story, this story, we need to cover this story, the governor's in town, we need to cover that story. And then, you know, it just kind of goes from there. And there's always human interest stories, too. Like we have a story that uh, ran here a couple of days ago about the school kids from Chicago. And we'll talk more about this with Kent Brown and uh, Barry a little later. But they're coming down as part of the Good Works Weekend from Chicago to be on the U of I campus from a uh, hard-hit neighborhood uh, economically in Chicago, I think the west side of Chicago, coming to the U of I, touring the campus, going to the football game. Lovey Smith did a thing for them. That's a human interest story that is connected to the U of I and is an interesting angle. So I don't know. We have uh, news managers. Jim Rosso is our vice president of news. Uh, Jeff D'Alessio does a lot of hard work in that area. Um, Our news reporters you know, there's crime, there's there's um, the case of this Champagne police officer who was soliciting, uh, allegedly soliciting sex. Uh, you had that whole story um, that was involved. So, you know, those are, you start with a big story and then you kind of filter down maybe some human interest stories. And there might be a mention somewhere in there about an SUV stolen from a gas station, but it's more of a line item because it affects one or two individuals as opposed to a community at Y, as, you know across the board so i don't know and you only have so much time i mean if you're not doing round the clock 24 7 news so you know you got a five or six minute window to get your news in and you got to do what you can to get the important stories in not to say your suv being stolen isn't important to you but is it important to the community i guess as a whole other than a statistic and an important story that affects you personally hopefully that answers some of your questions Anyway, 9.13, let's take our break, come back with more Penny for Your Thoughts, uh, questions like that. If there's a topic you want to bring up, you can certainly do that. We'll tell you more about what's going on all this weekend, lots of things there, as we continue on a Penny for Your Thoughts.
Of course, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, The Sound of Music, opened on this day on Broadway, 1959. Kind of takes you back, doesn't it? 917 here on DWS. Open line time here up until about 1040. We'll have Illini Friday, our last one of those for the year. We've had them before each of the home Illini football games. So we'll do that. Want to remind you that you can join Newstalk 1400 DWS tomorrow at Memorial Stadium for the Good Works Day, an opportunity for Illini fans to help our communities. The Eastern Illinois Food Bank will be holding a food drive collecting non-perishable food items in Grange Grove and on Kirby Avenue between 1st and 4th. That's where the road is closed, of course, but that's where they'll be collecting the food. You can take it into that area just to give you an idea of where it is. The Salvation Army will be... Ringing bells kicking off their 2018 Red Kettle campaign, both the east and west sides of Memorial Stadium. Hope you'll lend your support tomorrow ahead of the Illini-Iowa game. It's all about giving, isn't it? I mean, I just think it's uh, so important to help those around us in need. Comes right from Scripture, doesn't it? Take care of the uh, those around us. Take care of your fellow man, right? And woman. 356-9397 is our phone number. Got a text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. says, uh, hi, Brian. Good morning. I'm hoping you can share my family's thanks and appreciations for the EMS, Champaign Fire Department, and the County Corner team that assisted my family in our moment of need yesterday after my mother passed away at home. Their kindness, respectfulness, and professionalism was much needed to assist us in our grief. They do it every day, but until you're close, uh, up close and personal with it, you don't understand the emotions they see and experience. And that is a thank you to the EMS, Champaign Fire Department, County Coroner's team from the Ward family. So, yes, happy to pass that along to those folks. They do great work every day. 919 here at DWS, open line time this morning. This is the day in 2004, just looking back at some of the other historical events today, President George W. Bush picked National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice to be his new Secretary of State, succeeding Colin Powell. I mentioned the sound of music. This day in 1981, the first part of the Luke and Laura wedding. Remember that? Aired on ABC's General Hospital, generating a daytime TV ratings bonanza. And this day in 1982, the 57-day strike by National Football League players in it. It had been the first regular season pro football strike in the history of the NFL. So those are some of the things that have happened on this day. Got some Thanksgiving items I'll share with you, too, along the way, since this is my last show before Thanksgiving rolls through, before we head out to the islands next week. 9:20 here at DWS. Deadly fire in Paradise, California. I wondered how big that community was. North of Sacramento, it's uh, 27,000 was the population. Death toll is at 63, hundreds missing. The New York Times has a big piece today about uh, trying to figure out what caused that fire as the experts track the origins of the blaze. Over the years, one huge fire in the past was caused by a spark set off by a man with a hammer 
working on a fence post in a field of dry vegetation. Another began at a backyard barbecue. A 2007 fire, they say, in Santa Catalina Island was ignited by workers cutting metal wires with a torch. As investigators try to determine what started the most devastating wildfire in California history, which has killed at least 63, the beginning premise is that human beings, through their mistakes or toys, tools, and technologies, may have been behind it. But uh, looking into the cause of a fire, which can take months of painstaking work, and maybe some of you listening have done this, also means rolling back the clock to a moment and to a spot that, like most of the town of Paradise, has been reduced to ash. What was there at the moment of the fire's birth was probably destroyed by the fire itself or at least profoundly altered. And they say even a tiny pebble can be an important clue on which side was it blackened by heat. What's the condition of the soil below the fire at the place it started? An electrical charge from a high-voltage power line, for example, can solidify sand with a telltale signature. Then investigators look at things that were touched by the flames but not destroyed. And there's uh, several more uh, to this, but just kind of goes into the detail of what these uh, investigators are doing. For the team of 10 investigators from Cal Fire that's begun its work, old-fashioned shoe leather will be the start. They'll plan to interview as many witnesses as possible. Mr. Engel uh, there says he starts every day looking in the news media for the names of displaced fire survivors. Private investigators, especially from insurance companies, will eventually arrive. And, of course, temperature, wind, and humidity, those are the things that can affect ignitions of fires. So if you want to check it out, the New York Times has that article today. What started the California fires? Experts trace the blaze's origin. Of course, the recount down in Florida, the governor's race is over. They did the um, recount on the machines. And uh, DeSantis won that one over Gillum. The center race is going to a hand recount. One article today talks about that. It says the Florida recount fight is a preview of 2020 lawlessness. There's a whole article on that uh, today as well in, uh, I think it's the American Greatness is what that's called, amgreatness.com. Can't imagine all that they're going to be uh, doing down there with those hand recounts. And also it's interesting, the uh, Ocasio-Cortez wing of the party, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, of course, was elected to uh, Congress, to the House. Headline says, it's the Ocasio-Cortez party now. Nancy Pelosi is just leading it. Of course, there was some discussion whether or not she would wind up being Speaker were there enough Democrats who ran on saying, hey, we are not going to vote for her for speaker. We think we need some uh, new, fresh leadership. So that was a big story in Washington yesterday as well. And, of course, here locally, Unit 4 talks, hoping to avoid a strike. And both sides put out a press release late yesterday saying, okay, here's what we offered, here's what they rejected, here's what we're trying to get accomplished, here's what they said. They have another uh, session, I guess, next week, but the intent to strike notice has officially been filed, so we're in that 10-day window. 356-9397. Our text line is 3515357. Let's go to Carl. Hi, Carl. Good morning. Hey, Brian. I was thinking while I was on the phone in Texas, uh, I mean, in Florida, they ought to do like the British do, get bank tellers to count the votes. Bank tellers but, to count them? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 
Bank tellers are the ones who count the votes in Britain. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So they don't get paid very much, and they have to be up all night. But oh, well. uh, that's who counts them because you, you know, they they use paper ballots still. But anyway, I was calling to suggest. I know you. The last thing you're thinking about for the next week is Penny. But uh, after you come back, there's a pure possibility that Theresa May may be out as prime minister of Britain. Yeah, with all so the Brexit, might- uh, the uh, deal the uh, that they, I guess, offered or agreed to with the European Union for their exit, and a lot of the uh, members of her party aren't very happy about it, apparently. Yeah, well, what I've read is that there's already been a dozen people uh MPs, uh, Tory MPs who have sent letters in of no confidence in her, mm-hmm. and all they need is 48 for there to be a vote to uh, to decide to kick her out as leader. Yeah, because that, yeah, that's how the parliamentary system works. Yeah, once if um, they put up the no confidence or get enough votes for no confidence, then they have to go to elections, right? No, not an election. It'll just be what will happen is if. They get 48 no-confidence letters. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, conservative MPs hold a vote on whether to keep her as leader. I see. And if she loses, then she's out, and then they have then they have to select a new leader. Okay. Okay. And that leader becomes prime minister. Okay. So it wouldn't go to a broader election. No, that 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 type of election hasn't happened since 1979. Okay when Margaret Thatcher was voted in. And I think since it's been 1850, they've only had three of those. So those are pretty rare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good information. Yeah, it'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. And so it could be, uh, I mean, you could maybe get a poli-sci professor or a history professor in sometime. Yeah. That's not a bad, not a bad idea. Yeah, sure. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, that understands how that all works. Yeah, I'm sure you've got that. The next week that you'll be back, I'm sure you have a skeleton uh, idea of what you're going to do. But Mm -hmm. anyway, okay. Thank you, Carl. Have a good trip. Yeah, I will. Thank you. I appreciate that. Bye. 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 Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number. That was Carl. We go from Carl to Steve. Hey, Steve, good morning. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good, sir. Hey, uh, I just got a quick question. Uh, On the morning show, is Elizabeth Hess no longer a part of that? That is correct. Okay. Well, it kind of reminds me of a country-western song, Thank God and Greyhound, She's Gone. (laughs) I... uh, I was I uh, went to school with Mr. Gentry, and I really liked listening to his show, but I just could not stand her snarky, better than you attitude. So I didn't listen to it very often. Well, she uh, um, she was have, we had some layoffs there. Oh, it's been a few months now. So um, yeah, I like but, I said, I don't don't get to listen to the show mm-hmm, very often. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, I would like to compliment you on what you've done with Penny for your thoughts. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Jim retired. I really like your show. Uh, I do have um, a little disappointed in one point, but I know it's not not your fault. 
Um, I was hoping when Jim retired that both Stan and Bobby would, out of empathy, leave the airwaves as well. But since I've heard them on your show, I uh, see that's not the case. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to thank you. And uh, you might uh, pass along an old proverb to him for me that uh, I heard a long time ago that it's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot instead of opening it and proving their point so thanks a lot brian all right hey thank you steve appreciate it that we uh we have an open forum here so uh <clears throat> which is pretty rare i think in uh, in most cases for people to kind of express their vantage points and you know we try to let everybody at least get their point in and try to you know clarify what they're trying to say if we can and uh, you know sometimes you you i could sit here maybe sometimes and argue with people for 20 minutes, but I don't think you as a general radio audience don't want to hear that. So it's like, okay, if that's your opinion, and, uh, you know, I may uh, ask you a couple of questions in relation to it to kind of see where you're headed and what your thought process is. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to listen, and I think just kind of make the program move along at a quick pace. And uh, I just enjoy visiting with people. That's what you hear from me on the air is who I am in person. I just enjoy, hear, enjoy hearing from a lot of different people. And uh, their vantage points and talking about a lot of different topics. And uh, always enjoy that as, as a person and on the air. A quick break and back with Michael Kaiser in the news here at the bottom of the hour. Before we get to Michael Kaiser, a quick bit of news for you. Uh, one is the fact that a judge, I guess, and Michael's here, a judge in what, uh, Washington, D.C., has just ordered that the White House give Jim Acosta his press pass back. Yeah. Just saw that on the TV screen. Yeah, I haven't, so I haven't just, seen an Associated Press yet, but uh, yeah. just saw that TV screen. So we'll see how the president reacts to that. I'm sure that's coming. Look out for the tweet. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to follow. We'll get to the news here in a second. OSF Ergo is one of our sponsors, a new modern urgent care service. The term ergo is derived from urgent care for people on the go. And OSF Healthcare has found that young, busy professionals are looking for something very different in a healthcare experience. And OSF Ergo is redefining care delivery to create a better experience for all patients by meeting them where they are in their healthcare journey. Each visit personalized so patients receive the exact care and service they need, and here's the big thing, without sacrificing time or quality. Patients are greeted by a care guide who will assist throughout the visit uh, from start to finish. Get this, the average visit to OSF Ergo, U-R-G-O, is under 30 minutes. You're covered generally by insurance. You can also pay privately. OSF Ergo can treat most common illnesses. If you're at a job place and you need a physical or drug testing or whatever, they offer that. Uh, occupational medicine services. They offer on-site lab and x-rays. And get this, they offer OSF Ergo offers complimentary Wi-Fi, charging stations for your phone, and a coffee bar. 2718 North Prospect Avenue in Champaign near Walmart and Meyer up there. And uh, give them a call, 217-337-3852 if you have any questions. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., seven days a week, 365 days a year. OSF Ergo, as you're on the go, urgent care for people on the go. Michael Kaiser's on the go. He's got the news, and we're back with more Penny for Your Thoughts here on DWS. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. 
We're back on Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. Glad you're with us wherever you might be and however you might be listening to our radio station here in our building. We have three of them overall. White Rock 97.5 and Classic Hits 107.9. This is the AM side, WDWS. Penny for your thoughts, 9 to 11. Glad you've uh, joined us here today on Penny for Your Thoughts. Came across another article I found interesting having to do. The headline says, Divided We Stand. The country country, is hopelessly split. So why not make it official and break up? And it goes through some of the different things that have happened here in recent years when it comes to states kind of going off on their own tangents. And I'll uh, touch on some of those points here in just a little bit as we work our way through the show. Illini Friday at 1040 today with Kent Brown and Barry Hauser. We're just kicking different things around here this morning. So if you have something you want to discuss, if we're talking about something and you don't want to talk about that or you don't want to hear about it, then change the subject. That's how we do it. Open line here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Let's go back to the phones to Tiny. Hi, Tiny. Good morning. Morning, Brian. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm I'm real good. How about you? Good. I heard you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, we won't talk about that. I've got (laughs) something important to talk about. All right, you tell me. What's what's on your mind? You announced uh, just before you went off to do your other part of the program that uh, some idiot judge has decided that that bum is going to be allowed back in the White House. That's the way I described it. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. I thought I elected a president to run this country. But I found out the Democrat judges in this country think they can run it. And they are running it. And we're allowing it. I saw the day that this idiot was playing these cute little tricks. I saw it. I was sitting right here watching it. He disobeyed what the president asked him to sit down. He just, he wouldn't shut up. He was trying to control the whole meeting. And if anybody wants to see the whole thing, that, that proves he wanted to. If Ronald Reagan would have been there, he would, I don't care if a judge would have told him no, he, would have, he still wouldn't have been back. We can't allow this. The judge has interfered in Trump's trying to protect this country with the border. I'm 100% behind Trump. He's the first president that's had the gonads to say and do what we're supposed to do. And these Democrats, these anti-American Democrats, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I've never seen anything like it. They want to blame everything on Trump. They're the problem. Chuck Schumer is, is the worst American we've ever had in my lifetime. Bar none, but this last thing here, this judge standing up for this, this, this guy's a punk in everybody's eyes that ever watched any press conference. The, the press has got a right to report the news. They don't have a right to do what he did and disrupt the whole meeting, and he should be barred. Well, what I'm what, 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 yeah, what I'm trying what I'm trying to figure out, Tiny, is what from a legal stamp from a jurisdiction. Why would a judge in D.C. have the ability to? I mean, isn't that a? How would they have the authority to tell the White House who can and can't have a press pass? I mean, I don't get that. I I, I cannot believe that 
when the, he barred the uh, uh, people from, uh, 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 oh, I can't, my mind's slipping me when the, my birthday's catching up on me. <laughs> it's okay. The first time he barred somebody from coming to this country, the Arabs, the uh, Muslims. Oh, yeah, the travel ban. You know, they jumped right in and stopped that. Well, I I just happened to live when Roosevelt barred the, the Japanese, and we called them Japs back then, from coming into this country. And that was wrong. But at the time, that's what we wanted. We And we had unity in this country. And we were fighting the Japanese and the Germans. And now we're trying to take care of the Trump said he's a nationalist. Well, a nationalist must be what I am. I love this country. I'm a patriot. That's what. Uh, that's the correct definition of nationalism. It's it's not anything else. I don't care. There's only one uh, place on your uh, computer that you can look it up. That's a Democrat uh, outfit that says nationalism is something else. And everything else, nationalism, and that's what I am as a nationalist. I didn't know it until he announced it. They started talking about it. I'm a genuine American, red-blooded patriot, God-fearing, and I can't stand the thought of me electing a president, and they're allowing these lousy, rock judges who are so arrogant as to run this country. All right. Hey, I'm sorry to. I, uh, I'm glad that we still got another week before Thanksgiving, so you can get this off your mind. <laughs> All <laughs> right. I mean, that really set the hair on mine. Well, I'll see you. And thank you a lot well, for letting me uh, get excited. All right. Hey, thank you, Tiny. Yeah. Yep. Have a, have a good day. We appreciate it. Three five six nine three nine seven. Here's my just, and I've having been in this uh, broadcast world for a lot of years. Here's my issue with Jim Acosta and his approach to it. Here's the professional way you ask the president the question he did, and it was about the migrant caravan, and he was going after the president on calling the migrant caravan an invasion. But the proper professional way you do that is you say, Mr. President, you said recently the migrant caravan is an invasion. A, do you still believe it is? And B, do you stand by that statement of calling it an invasion? And you sit down. And you let him answer the question. You know, when you go after somebody and uh, basically call them a liar to their face, nonetheless, too, the President of the United States, whatever you think of him, whether you agree with him or think he's a liar or not, as a professional reporter, you don't do that. That's unprofessional. That's, I mean, that's my biggest thing as someone who's been around reporters and been working with and around reporters for 35 years. That's just, that's just, that's a wrong approach. That's not professional, regardless of what you think of the guy you're asking the question about. And um, that's that's my biggest thing with Acosta's thing. So we'll see what happens. But, again, I'm just kind of trying to scratch my head going, okay, what jurisdiction does a D.C. judge have over whether or not the White House gives out a press pass or not? I mean, isn't that kind of up to the White House? I don't know. Anyway, um, let's go back to the phones to uh, John. Good morning, John. Yeah, I'm just curious about the recruits. I heard we got a basketball recruit. What happened to the, I think that Drew Timmons, I thought they said he was going to sign here the other day. Yeah, well, he was considering Gonzaga, right, at one point? I think, Timmy, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, football, the basketball guy is a young man named January. He's a big man, apparently. And, um, okay, good deal. 
they just got him signed here, I guess, or at least uh, verbalized and, and finished up and ready to go here a couple days ago. So that Timmons didn't sign, I take it. As far as I know, I haven't heard anything. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right. Thank you. 356 9397. 949 here at DWS. Open line time for the next almost an hour, not quite an hour, about 50 minutes. We'll do Illini Friday, our last one of those for the year. Back to the phones to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Uh, good morning, Brian. Hey, uh, just as a response to Teeny, who called you all ago, mm-hmm. uh, uh, President Bonespurs is the one that uh, uh, set up this judge. So uh, he was Trump's setup, you know, as a judge. And, and I think it's kind of ironic that uh, that he would uh, rule against Trump. And uh, But I, I think that with, in listening to the news conferences that uh, Trump has, that he usually tries to cut people off right away before they even have a chance to answer uh, his questions. And so uh, I'm kind of glad that, that they went along with this. And actually, it's kind of ironic, too, that Fox News, Fox News was part of this lawsuit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Trump isn't going to have it all his way. He thinks he's still back in New York, you know, saying, doing what he wants to do, and everybody has to uh, abide by what he says. This is different. This is the presidency. They only have so much power. This isn't a monarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the case, then these guys like Teeny needs to move over someplace else that, uh, you know, like Russia or China, you know, if they want a monarchy. Was it the, uh, let me ask, was it the White House correspondents that filed the suit? White House Correspondents Association or? Yeah, they yeah. were part of it, yeah. along with CNN and Fox News. Uh, a lot of your news organizations mm-hmm. did because they said that this wasn't right, that they ought to be able to. Uh, go in there and ask questions, but I've I've listened to this this little uh, this Trump, and uh, you know he tries to cut them off. He tells them to sit down when he doesn't like their questionings. Um, you know I think he's just I think he's disrespectful myself mm-hmm. to the, and that's why that's the reason why these news journalists they have to get in to say what they have to say before he cuts them off. Okay, well very good. Hey, thank you, Jerry. Okay. Yep. Great great to hear from you. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate that. Different side of that argument. 356-939-7952 here on Penny for Your Thoughts. And let me get one more in here. Uh, Jim. Good morning, Jim. Yes. Uh, good morning, Brian. I, I want to say that uh, Jerry's drinking uh, a lot more than Kool-Aid there. There is... I mean, you can't get any more liberal than Harvard, and the, the study has come out that 90, between 90 and 92, or 95 percent of all the journalists and the media coverage uh, for Trump is negative. Now, that guy, that Acosta, ought to be run out on a rail, and I want to give kudos to Tiny. He told it just exactly like it is. And I'm telling you, when these people, they're trying to bait Trump all the time. And I want Jerry to know that Trump stayed there for 90 minutes with that press conference. He didn't run and hide. And and if, if Jerry would realize and remember 
that the White House, when Obama was there, went after, uh, well, I forget that guy's name, Jim, uh, anyway, worked for Fox News, and he wanted to have, he had him investigated. No, he didn't shut him off. He had him investigated. So, Jerry, you ought to think about what's going on in here. And I'll tell you something else. Mark Maxwell needs to shut his mouth. He had an opinion about, uh, I mean, on the Capital Connection the other day, too. So, uh, that's on, I'll tell you what. That's on Channel whole, 3, right? He's on Channel 3. Channel 3 yeah. on yeah. Capital Connection. Mm-hmm. He had to uh, cut his his uh, deal short, and then he had an opinion about the White House. I am 100% for Trump, and I am 100% thinking that he is 100% right, that the, the, uh, the, the all the media, not all the media, but most of the media, most of the, of the uh, journalists are the enemy of the people. They do not tell the truth. They do not uh, report it like it's supposed to be. And anybody with uh, an IQ at least two points above plant life, if they listen to that, they will agree that uh, the media is not reporting things the way it, it's done. They're, they're always throwing their opinion in. So that's all I got, All right, Brian. All right. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your thoughts there. And let's take a quick break. Back with more phone calls, emails, texts. Jim Acosta. Late breaking news, middle of the show, and boom. A lot of people talking about that back after this. 9.58 here at DWS. We have just about a minute, and we've got Greg up next. Good morning, Greg. Hello, Brian. How are you today? Good, sir. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I have a question regarding football. When a team goes for it on fourth down and fails to make it, is that scored as a turnover like a lost fumble or something like that? No, I don't think so. Not that I know of. I mean, it's just a loss on downs. The drive ended. You know, you have four downs to get it. Yep. And uh, if you want to punt on fourth down, you can. If you don't make it, you just goes to the other team. So. Okay. Yep. Okay. I just lost five bucks on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all I right. Thank it, you for your help. Uh, all right. Thank you. Appreciate it. So long, right? Yep. Bye-bye. No problem. Three five six nine three nine seven. Yeah, I've never heard of that being called a turnover. But uh, they do keep track of how well teams do on fourth down. There's no doubt about that. Coming up in the next hour, we've got more open line time up until about 1040, 1045. And then we'll have Kent Brown and Barry Hauser in here. Our last Illini Friday, Illinois and Senior Day tomorrow against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Volleyball plays tomorrow night at Rutgers. A couple of matches left at Michigan State, home to Purdue for them. Illini women play Sunday against Columbia. Swimming and diving over in Indy. Parkland College volleyball team reaching the national tournament semifinals for junior college. They are 55-2. and two. Saw that in the paper. And local swimmers, a lot of those here from our community up in Evanston for a state swim meet today. Good luck to all those folks. All right, the news is next here at 10. More phone calls, emails, and texts. We'll keep it rolling the week before Thanksgiving on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, 
Here's Brian Barnhart. All right, we're back. Penny, for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Uh, hour number two, open line time up until about 1045, 1040, 1045. So, what, a half hour here or so. We'll talk some more about the various issues of the day. And then we'll have our Illini Friday. I want to tell you, if you're looking for a home, Damian Spencer, Fisher National Bank, he works closely with our friend Stephen Pam Starwald at Keller Williams, has been with them for 10 years. Damian's been in the mortgage lending business for over 20 years. Who understands the mortgage lending business, right? I mean, we you go into this, you're like, what? They start having you sign all this stuff, and uh, you know you don't know what you're doing. Well, he does. And also, if you don't know how much you need to get pre-approved to go look at a home, to say, hey, I don't know how big a home I can afford or what my range would be. I don't even know, you know, gee, can I even get that kind of money for this size house? Well, you can find out today. They can get that answer to you today. Maybe you're downsizing. Steve and Pam Starwald can help with that. And we've mentioned, of course, that uh, Pam is a certificate, has a certificate, a senior real estate specialist, but they work closely with Damien to find out about that as well for you. What's your pre-approved for? Whether you need help transitioning from one home to another, whether downsizing or upsizing, maybe your family's grown a little bit. Fisher National Bank, they're at uh, 1710 South Neal. Our man Damien is there to help, ready to help now, and ready to get you ready to go when you want to go look at some homes this weekend. So find out what you need to know today. Be armed with the information you need as you go out and about to these open houses and take a look. 239-7156, area code 217, 239-7156. If you have any questions about buying a home, how much is needed for your mortgage, call that same number. They'll line you up with Damien from Fisher National Bank, 1710 South Neal. All right, a couple of things uh, I need to uh, clean up from the last hour. One is that uh, Drew Timmy did sign with Gonzaga. Yeah, so, he, uh, that is true. He he tweeted out, uh, you know, he's committing to Gonzaga, and then his I think his mom, you know, tweeted out some thinking all the coaches, especially Brad. She mentioned Brad in a tweet. Mm-hmm. I believe it was his mom. But she you know, mentioned the coaches and how great they were, and you know, and but he's he's committed to Gonzaga. I'm assuming he signed. I just saw his tweet. Yeah, um, I so, didn't I didn't see promotional stuff mm-hmm. from Gonzaga, but he he did commit to Gonzaga. And he was a bigger guy yeah, that, a, that Illinois yeah. was recruiting. Front was court in, player was in yeah. on yes. Yep. And then uh, the other, I got a text in during the news. It said uh, in regards to the Urbana assistant superintendent eavesdropping case. Do you know if one can record a private closed session meeting? But with good intentions, quote, under the Open Meetings Act. Is this a serious crime or not? Please explain if you uh, know. Thanks a lot. And I thought, well, here's Michael Kaiser, who covers different events. Um, yeah, what, I was... What, what can and can't be done when it comes to closed meetings and open meetings? And Well, in terms of closed meetings, I mean, I don't know every single rule about the meetings, but, like, for instance, if the district itself wants to record the meeting for their own records to go back and, you know remember what the discussion was about, whether they're discussing employment issues. What the or, minutes were. Yeah, what, when in the closed session. It's never public. You know, it's not unless they make it public, it's not going to be public. So yeah. an individual person in that room could not secretly record a meeting, a closed session meeting. And that's what uh, allegedly the attempt was to do because uh, Samuel Bynum was not in that closed session. The pen was placed in there, but the school district became aware of it because of an email receipt on his com- on a district computer, if it was his computer or not, and they went and searched for the pen before they started the meeting and found it and removed it from the room, and then he could not find his what uh, Julia Reitzen had called his memo pen after. But it, it mm-hmm. automatically starts recording at the sound of a voice. So you know, if we put one in here and it, you know you got a pen in your hand right now, and, and 
you know, I, I don't know if that's a... Is this a recording device? Yeah. yeah. So he set the pin down and left the room. I don't know is where that, he oh, set... Oh. Basically, yes. Is uh, that what they're saying happened? They, yeah. And I don't know where it was. I, I don't think it's been disclosed where he, they actually was in the room, but yeah. he put it in the room and it can record on the website. It says for the, the spy guy or whatever it's called, it can record up to 40 feet away, which, you know, if you all sit at a table, you know, mm-hmm. that's not 40 feet. Yeah. So... So this is a with a closed meeting you cannot record, but an open meeting if it's an open meeting it's on TV. It's on TV. Then yeah. you could, if you're sitting in there with your pen, you could record. Yeah, that he could legally it's an do open that. Meeting, yeah. You know, if I were to cover that meeting yeah. and bring in a, uh, one of my digital recorders, you know, I could set the microphone in front of them, and they and, you know they can't tell me I can't do that because right. it's a public meeting, and I'm a reporter covering the meeting. You know, Lindsey Jones goes to all the school board meetings, so she could do the same uh, for us. Uh, so yeah, you, it, it's a closed meeting. Again, if the school district wants to record it themselves and have everybody in the room know, hey, we're recording yeah. this for our records only, it's still going to stay closed and you know not yeah. for public information, that's fine. Uh, but you cannot do it as an individual because it's, it's illegal in Illinois to record. There was a case we had an Illinois radio network store this morning up in Mantino where a middle school student was having a meeting with the principal and was recording on a cell phone and told him after the fact, toward the end of the meeting, and the principal ended the meeting and said, that's a felony, you can't do that. Because yeah, you're, you're not allowed to record people without their knowledge. Yeah, and the prosecutor uh, ultimately decided to drop the charges, um, but he would, it got actually saw a news, news release on that yesterday as well. So you have to let people know they're being recorded, and that was not going to happen in this situation. Um, I guess it's punishable. Julia says it's a Class 4 felony, punishable by from one to three years in prison, but it is probationable. Um, so I don't know how that okay. case is going to yeah. end, but okay. it's... It's pretty serious to record something in this state. Other states have looser rules, but it's a closed school session that he was not going to be a part of, and he wanted to know what was being said. Uh, it's in our story online today that um, the meeting was, you know, Urbana Police Lieutenant Rich Searle said the meeting was going to be about Don Owens, the superintendent, and Samuel Bindham. Okay. And so he wanted to know what was going to be said because he wasn't going to be privy to that information otherwise. All right. So. Very good. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. That helpful. Appreciate it. From Michael Kaiser from our newsroom. All right, lots of emails have come in here. And let me get to those here after Ben, who's waited for a while. Ben, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. Hey. Um, how are you, Brian? Good. Um, I wanted to call in and, and um, just in light of the recent events, or eventually the past couple of years, share a a Jewish perspective on the uh, the rising tide of anti-Semitism that we're seeing in the country. Um, I'm a board member here at Sinai Temple in Champaign, and um, in my congregation, I'm hearing a lot more concern about um, about the, the radicalization that we're seeing, especially in the arena of anti-Semitism, but also you know anti anti other religious minorities. Um, and it's not just you know it's not just the shooting in Pittsburgh; it's vandalism in synagogues. It's Nazis on the ballot in Illinois and in other states. Um, it's Nazis, you know, marching in open demonstrations and getting into violent conflicts. And um, one thing I particularly wanted to talk about today was, was the, you know, there, there really a, a lot of us in the Jewish community here are seeing a role that, that right-wing media plays in stirring up hate, inciting people, playing on these dog whistles, these, these tropes, these conspiracy theories about George Soros and globalists controlling everything. Um, that are really rooted in anti-Semitism and are expressed through anti-Semitism. And, um, you know, on this network, following this show, there's going to be a five-hour block of Russian Hannity like there is every weekday. And these are two men who 
frequently spin anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theories. Um, they're trying to rile people up. Um, and I'm just calling in to say I, I am worried about the role that this, this radio station, which I've been listening to for 30 years, could potentially play in, in radicalizing someone in our community, including my community at risk. I, I will say we had a special board meeting on security for the synagogue, and, you know, I, the thing that I, I view as a threat that, that, that I really hope that the U.S. would take the task is the idea that we broadcast hate and incitement five hours a day every weekday. Um, I talked to management about this. They, they listened politely, but they said that ultimately the concerns of the Jewish community here don't don't measure up against the advertising dollars. So I guess I get that as a business decision, but I, I find it very, very frustrating as a religious minority in the community I grew up in where I've never felt threatened as a Jew and now I'm starting to over the past mm. couple of so, years. It's so you feel like Rush, Rush and Hannity are anti-Semitic? Um, I, so they are, in terms of the right-wing media landscape, there are, there are plenty of people who are worse. There's, there's Tucker Carlson, you know, Blue Dogs every night, but there's this dog whistling about George Soros-funded caravan and the globalists controlling everything, and we need to take our country back from, from you know, mm. Schumer and Steyer and Bloomberg and Soros, you know, all who happen to be Jewish. I mean, listen, you had Tiny call in earlier and say Chuck Schumer is the worst person in America, bar none. How about the guy who shot up the synagogue police cell? How about the guy who drove his car and murdered Cutter Hire? You know, how about the Nazis? Who yeah. you know, I guess the Tiny, those people aren't as worse as, as this Jewish senator who's controlling everything. Yeah. I'm not saying that everyone who is on the right is anti-Semite. I'm not saying that everyone is, is a danger, but I am worried about the radicalizing role this network's programming could play in our community in terms of just broadcasting mm. hate every day. Okay. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, good to hear from you. A little hard to hear there. Well, I think his foot line was breaking up. All right, let me see here. Text from uh, Bill says, simple solution, no press conference if Acosta is there. CNN has other reporters at the White House. Let Acosta explain to the other reporters why he's more important than their jobs as reporters. Judges ruling is baffling. Uh, text says, are press conferences mandated by law? If not, why doesn't uh, Trump have complete control, not some judge? That's my question. Maybe I need I need to go do some reading on it. I'm not sure what jurist can a judge somewhere tell a White House who can and cannot have a press pass. I get the uh, White House Press Correspondents Association banding together, which is what they typically do on any issue to have access. But I don't know is having a White House press pass a fundamental right. I don't know. I'm looking at it as I think that's a privilege, but a texter on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, never understood why we can only vote to retain a judge. They're no better than anyone else, and we should be able to vote them out. Text from Gordon, I don't care if you agree or disagree with Tiny. You don't have any right to call him something other than by his name. That's disrespectful. Yeah, I, that was, um, I, I slipped on that one. They referred to him a teeny as Tiny. I should have corrected him. You're right. Um, bu- 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 our press conference is mandated by law. Regarding the news or the Urbana School District employee, I don't understand how the state's attorney, Julie Reitz, can decide to prosecute the crime of unauthorized recording at the school board meeting but not charge the U of I employee who was recording, uh, was recording people inside a bathroom at State Farm Center. All right, uh, 356-9397 is how you can uh, join us here on the phones. And let's go to Jessica. Good morning, Jessica. 
Good morning, Brian. Um, I'm calling because uh, I'm actually really glad to hear what the previous caller had to say because I am also worried about those uh, radio programs, Rush and Hannity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 30 years old. I'm a member of the Champaign-Urbana Jewish community. And the xenophobia and the conspiracy theories that Rush and Hannity promote on their shows, there's, there's a link between those and the rise of anti-Semitic attacks in our country. And I'm just really concerned that WDWS is, is broadcasting their words for five hours every weekday. Uh, you know, I'm expecting my first child um, next spring, and I'm just very scared of the idea that someone in our community may hate my child solely because she will be born a Jew. Um, and, and I just I see a link between the, the fear of the other that is promoted on Rush and Hannity shows uh, and these anti-Semitic attacks. So can you give me an example of what, where you feel, if you hear it, what, um, because to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but they come across as like big supporters of the nation of Israel, of Benjamin Netanyahu and everything else. I, I'm trying to, as I've listened, well, I, I, and I've listened to Rush for 30-some years when he's been on, I'm trying to figure out when. I, I think they, it's uh, a mistake to conflate uh, Israel politics with uh, the, the potential for anti-Semitism. Um, and, you know, it makes me think of, of the poem, the, the first they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. First they, then they came for the trade unionists, I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. There's no doubt that Rush and Hannity are, are promoting ideas that people who don't look like us, people who come from other countries, are, are not good people, and that's not the case. They are good people. And that that kind of xenophobia uh, will extend and and promote anti-Semitic behavior and acts in our country. So your contention would be it would promote not just anti-Semitism, but anti-Muslims, anti, that by the policies they support, that would, in your mind, that would construe that they are, would be against, would be anti-Semitic as well. Is that kind of where you're headed? Not to to identify them as anti-Semitic. But that that these sorts of xenophobic policies um, and ideas, they they are not in a vacuum, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the idea that you would uh, cast a group of people as an other, uh, regardless of of what that group of people is, um, you know that that extends not just to that group of people, but it also potentially um, engenders that similar kind of thought about other groups of people. So yes, the idea that that uh, you know, thinking that Muslims are not a good group of people could potentially uh, extend to the same idea about uh, the Jewish people uh, or perhaps the, the migrant caravan. Um, and so promoting those xenophobic ideas and conspiracy theories such as the idea that George Soros is funding uh, the caravan, they, they're, they're not in a vacuum. They are linked to the idea that, that anti-Semitism would be on the rise. Okay. Hey, Jessica, thanks for your thoughts. I appreciate it. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. You're very good. Thank you. Three five six nine three nine seven. I do need to get a uh, break in here. Let me slide Eric in because he's been waiting a little bit. Hi, Eric. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Thursday's article by Jim Dye about the former state legislators' uh, retirement funds, he stated that 58 former state lawmakers are receiving annual pensions of over $100,000. 44 have accumulated 
a million dollars in total pension ba- benefits. Leading the list, Chicago area legislator Arthur Berman. He receives annual pensions of $250,000 and so far has collected $3.3 million in retirement benefits. Uh, other best-known retirees, Governor Jim Edgars, 166000 Former Governor Jim Thompson, 161000 Roland Burris, 159000 Richard Daly, 144000 Governor Pack, former Governor Pack, went 141,000, and Neil Hardigan, 110,000, and that's just crazy, you know, to pay them that much money. Oh, they can retire in 20 years too to get that pension, but the teachers they have to go 34 years to get their their retirement pension. So that's ridiculous. That speaks for itself. A couple other footnotes, too. In the same article, Judge Patrick O'Shea, charged with reckless conduct for firing a handgun through the apartment wall of a neighbor, O'Shea was acquitted of the charge because his neighbor wasn't home at the time of the incident. Can you believe that? And one more statement, if I may. I think this was in uh, USA Today. $779 billion deficit has GOP stamped all over it. But this thing in regard to the legis- state legislators, that is a reason why we're growing broke. I, I said, well, can't, you, can't we appeal that? And the person I was talking with said, well, it went up to the state legislator, and they said, no, that's the final word. But, hell, that can't be correct in my mind because we are not a confederacy. We are a union, and we cannot let the state go bankrupt because we are paying people such as Email Jones $250,000 a year in retirement after 20 years. And he, well, you get my point. Yeah. Okay. It's in the Thursday article Jim Dye had, right? Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Eric. A break. Back with the news with Michael after this. Back on Penny for your thoughts here. Bottom of the hour. Illini Friday coming up in a little bit. I do need to get to the news here with Michael Kaiser. So we've got some callers waiting. I'll get to you right after that. And then we've got Illini Friday, and I'll get some more uh, emails and texts. We've got a flood of those here in the last few minutes. Here's Michael with the news. Back to phone calls, a little more email and text, and then we'll get to Illini Friday. Usually I have a purpose behind a song. I just like the song by train there, so I just threw it in there. All right, uh, lots of calls here before we get to Illini Friday and uh, texters. Uh, move through these as quickly as I can. I agree with the letter in the News Gazette today that grading the Illini sports teams and coaches on the sports page should stop. There is nothing positive or newsworthy from the subjective anonymous grading. What are the qualifications of the grader? It only discourages recruits and their families I attend the games and almost never agree with the grades. Reporting what happened is enough. Uh, voiding of ballots. If there is only one person to vote for, 
Example, Karen Ammons ran unopposed, and you don't mark the circle. Is that ballot thrown out? A text from Steve says, Good morning, Brian. Here is an adage to, in reply to caller Steve. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Take care and have a good day. Good morning, Brian. I can't help but think of the world of double standards we live in today. Can you imagine the hysteria if the Democrats had been winning these elections that are still in question and boxes of ballots were showing up out of nowhere? Another texter says, never understand why we can only vote to retain a judge. They're no better than anyone else. We should be able to vote them out, I think is what it, um, yeah, vote them out. Um... Text says, simple solution, no press conferences if Acosta is there. I'm just thumbing through all of these. i got a texter says, it is despicable the way Acosta behaves in press briefings. It wouldn't have been tolerated at any time before. Every news story about anything the president says is always followed by the claim he said something without any evidence. Most of the media makes those claims. The president is wrong or lying without providing any evidence themselves. I hope Democrats in the media remember they have a precedent here that they uh, will be angry about when it comes back to bite them. And I would appreciate your not reading this as quickly as possible, like you can't wait to get through it. Um, Okay, well, I'm just trying to get to as many as I can. While we appreciate the teachers, the Unit 4 teachers have a great deal. If you compare the percentage of increase in their compensation over the last 15 years with how it would have increased if based upon the consumer price index or the index the federal government has used in increasing Social Security benefits to covered retirees, you will see it has increased significantly more than what those indexes would have generated. Their health care benefits are substantial in the actual days of work when compared to those of, say, a full-time nurse are also less. These are really good jobs, so don't believe they are all being taken advantage of. Taxpayers are being fleeced. Good morning, Brian. President Trump should allow Jim Acosta back in the press room. Just don't recognize him or take his questions. (laughs) Okay, Uh, let's go at 1041 here to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I am calling because my husband is the president of Sinai Temple in mm-hmm. campaign, and since the recent Pittsburgh shootings, I've spoken to a great many congregants who fear, as I do, that the the Hannity shows uh, might radicalize them in our area and push them towards an anti-Semitic attack. And I presented my concerns to the WDWS manager last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he responded with some generalizations about it happening to everyone these days and the need for increased security and places of worship. And it felt really demissive, like he wasn't taking my fears and the fears of my friends and family seriously. Um, so I have a question for you. Do you think that broadcasting 25 hours of talk shows that rely somewhat on anti-Semitic dog whistling and conspiracy theories has the potential to radicalize someone who may have been raised in a home where Jews are joked about, misrepresented, demonized, or worse? Well, isn't that kind of a trap question? Yes, of course it is. Well, I, now, I mean, I what like I'm, look, look, I, I know because my general manager has talked to me about this. And mm-hmm. look, oh, I, I have not heard anything that Rush or Hannity have said, and I've been listening for, to them for 30 years, at least to Rush, 
Uh, when oh, he, yeah? I, I just don't know of any. I'm, I'm hard pressed to find anything where he has been routinely anti-Semitic. Now, if you want to talk liberal versus conservative, you know, and maybe well, he, maybe uh-huh. he, maybe he pushes or says policies that you don't agree with that you think might foment anti-Semitism. I, I mean, that's your opinion. It, I, I don't know. Well, how, is it possible that you don't that you don't view? Um, so, okay, look. So other people may not see the connection. Or may tell me mm-hmm. that my fears are unfounded. But first of all, how many of them are Jewish and have the kind of history that Jews mm-hmm. have had for more than 3,000 years? I think we're uh, a lot more sensitive to the dog whistling than other people might be. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I consider anti-Semitic is a lot more broad than what you do. But I have to um, say that during the election, I think it spiked. Uh, and I think it was... Um, pretty scary to me. I've lived in this community for over 30 years, and this is the first time that I've ever felt afraid for my safety in this community, in my home. So um, I, I don't know that it, 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 yes, it was a trap question, and yes, that was really mean of me to do that, <laughs> and, and I apologize. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think people are taking this as seriously as I wish they would. Okay. And, um you know, I I can uh, I can say that I as much as I don't like doing it, I would be happy to listen to some uh, former or current uh, shows and uh, write down some quotes that represent exactly how I feel. Okay, well, very good, Diane. I thank you for listening. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah, right. Very thank good. You. Thank you. Um, let's see here, Ted. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Good morning. After 20 years of listening and uh, blue collar deplorables calling in as what I am, you've finally been confronted by the Jewish community. God bless them. I lived in Miami for five years, talked to my Jewish friends on a daily basis and uh, uh, have nothing against them. Nothing. Their Jesus was a Jew. Uh, you're now being confronted by highly educated people. And you just handled that very well with the last lady. Let me just say in public, you guys are safe in this community. You've done nothing, um, and you're you're mentioning the wrong radio show. You need to be talking about CNN, how they promote Louis Farrakhan. If I remember right, Louis Farrakhan called Jewish people termites in the past month, and here Nancy Pelosi was at a convention yesterday giving this. He's a skinny man, skinny black gentleman who's at all the places who who spouts hate against the Jews. Uh, she was there yesterday and telling him how he saved um, America. And let's just real quick for it to run out of time, let's go over to Israel real quick. You're surrounded by a wall over there from the Muslims. And you have every right to be in fear of the Muslims. So let's, let's talk about your country, what goes on over there. And uh, I think it's called xenophobia. People strapping bombs to each other on both sides of the wall. So don't worry about what's going on here. You worry about Israel, but you're safe over here. You're good, productive citizens of America. You're highly intelligent, but I don't understand your liberal your liberal intentions. Uh, okay. My friends in Miami are, are conservatives. They're not liberals. All I right. don't believe in abortion. Abortion is murder, and that is liberal. So All get right. a rabbi on there, please. Invite a rabbi onto your show. We'd like to. We'd like to yeah, talk to him. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Hey, thank you, Ted. And you did a great job. God well, bless you. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
And uh, one final one here, and then we'll get to uh, Illini uh, Friday. Let's go to Pat. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Brian. Good show as usual. Thank you. Uh, Brian, uh, I am as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm part of the silent majority in this community, and it's it's just coming to you get so ridiculous. Two quick points. I know you, you're quick on your time for the show. Number one, this, this Israeli talk. Uh, did anybody complain about when President Obama went down to, to uh, 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 work against uh, President Trump becoming president and all the things that Obama did down in Tel Aviv on taxpayer money? Uh, was there anything said about that? I don't, I don't think there was. I mean, that was just carte blanche, just do whatever you want. Obama, I mean, it was against the law. Uh, did the Justice Department ever investigate Obama out politically, uh, uh, challenging going, uh, for, for other candidates? Uh, he did not. Hmm. And my other point is, Brian, uh, I'm so tired of the Champagne Unit 4 school district board. I think they should. I think they really ought to be escorted out of Champagne or have Champagne, and uh, let's just get a whole new board. I, I just cannot believe that uh, here they they, uh, they they put on the ballot to put all these new schools, make all these new schools, tear down Dr. Howard and put all the fancy dancies in for Champaign Central High School. Let's make a bunch of new tracks and football fields. And, and money is no object. And uh, it was defeated on the ballot. Taxpayers saw it. Well, well we can't mm-hmm. afford that. Well, okay, let's just put it on the ballot. Then a few months later, we'll, we'll run it on the ballot until it does get approved. And the only people that can really approve it are the, the people, the wealthy, affluent uh, people in this community that can afford that kind of stuff. And so now here we are stuck with it. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, my property taxes uh, went up. My monthly mortgage has now gone up $200 a month. My wife and I are going to end up moving out of this community. We can't afford to live here, you know, when you raise your monthly mortgage by $200. You know, we're on fixed incomes. Who who can do that kind yeah. of thing? But uh, but but the Unit 4 school district, they, they don't care about that. And now they're sticking it to the finest teachers we've got. These teachers uh, go above and beyond. They're great teachers. And I, I, I think it's just so ludicrous that we got, we're going to have state-of-the-line schools, but we're going to have teachers with low morale. They're going to—they're not going to forget this. They're going to be mad forever, uh, no matter what they end up yeah. getting in negotiations. Okay. I hope they go out on strike. I hope kids are home at Christmas time and parents are wondering what to do with them. You know, the the, the board of—I hope people are picketing in front of the board of education, uh, the school boards, uh, homes. The, 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 you got to be kidding me to build yeah. these million-dollar schools. And not put million dollar teachers, and I'm not talking about them getting paid, but I'm talking about top quality yeah. teachers in there to teach uh, in these in these fancy dancy schools. Yeah. I, I think the school board is penny penny pinch and pound wise, however it goes. I, right. and, and I'm getting I, I'm fed up, Brian. I'm fed up. We're right. leaving. I'm not gonna. Uh, I mean, I'm going to miss your show, but we can't afford to live in this town anymore. It's too expensive. All right. Hey, thank you, Pat. 
Got Thank to, you, Got to run. Yep, back after this. All right, 10.52, and we're here with Kent Brown from the uh, Department of Intercollegiate Athletics. He's wearing his hunter's hat here or something. That's what, a, what it's is a bomber, that? bomber hat. Bomber hat. Yeah, I mean, okay. it really keeps your ears uh, warm, too. So uh, tomorrow, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, Brian, yeah. you know, Senior this last day. game. All of a sudden, we had uh, two inches of snow on the ground uh, yesterday, <laughs> which always throws a little something into the uh, equation. But uh, first thousand students who show up at the game tomorrow get a bomber hat. And I can tell you, I, I went out and swept my uh, driveway off last night when I got home. It really keeps your ears warm. Um, my daughter thought I looked like a lumberjack with it on, but uh, it, uh, it definitely yeah. is a warm hat, and I'll proudly wear that today with the eye on the front. And Senior day tomorrow, we've got nine uh, seniors mm-hmm. playing their fi- making their final appearance at uh, Memorial Stadium, and uh, those guys, a lot of those guys have been through a lot. I mean, uh, yeah. three, coaching, three change. coaching changes and uh, just a lot of stuff going on, and, and you know, there's some real special uh, folks in, in, that, in that group. You know, Nick uh, Allegretti has been uh, one of our best ambassadors in the history that I've been, oh, yeah. 30 years that I've been involved with Illinois athletics, just incredible uh, person and somebody who really wants to help out in the community. And, and he's going to be successful no matter what. And he's going to probably get paid to play for a few years and then he'll have a chance to, in lifetime to, to really be a success. So there's a great group out there. And, and Mikey Dudek, another one, you know, didn't get a chance to play this mm-hmm. year after that injury in the first game just such a sad thing and uh so he'll dress uh dress out and and uh be out there his last his that'll last be cool as well yeah. yeah and the good works day to tomorrow as well man we got a lot of things going on so Cassie couldn't be here today but she really organized a lot of uh it's called good works day we've got a food drive uh so fans who come to the game can bring non-perishable food items for the uh, eastern illinois food bank so it serves 18 counties here in east central illinois um, so we've got uh, drop-offs in lot 31, lot 32, Grange Grove, uh, the Bielfeld lot, uh, State Farm lot 42, the I Hotel uh, along uh, Kirby Avenue. So there's going to be drop-off boxes all around the stadium. So hopefully fans uh, bring something they can drop in the box for uh, the Eastern Illinois Food Bank. The Salvation Army starts off their Red Kettle campaign, and so they're uh they'll ring their bells uh 90 minutes starting prior to game time inside by the by the stadium and so um salvation army being part of this uh when fans had a chance to sign up for tickets they they were given the opportunity to donate some money to buy pay for tickets for um uh, youth organizations in the area and so we've got i don't know several hundred six almost a thousand tickets that were Mm. used that money was used to to purchase tickets for uh youth groups in the area, so I think it's around 600 or so, somewhere in that range, uh, coming to get a chance to use uh, the game, be at the game tomorrow. Um, and then something really cool, uh, so the Learner, the Learn Charter School, which is on the west side of Chicago, um, chose the University of Illinois to uh, to study this year and to, um, as, as their school, and to, to, to learn mm-hmm. about the University of Illinois yeah. in a lot of different ways. And mm-hmm. so we found out about it. Um, uh, Lovey uh, recorded a, a message to the class and, and, and invited each student in, in that particular fourth grade class plus their parents the opportunity to come down for the weekend to learn about the University of Illinois. So they just rolled into town a few minutes ago. They arrived mm-hmm. at Bielfeld. Um, they're going to be given a tour of the campus, mm-hmm. get a chance to see all the stuff that goes on, on at the University of Illinois. Uh, we're going to put them up overnight. And then uh, tomorrow they're 
some other activities here on campus, and they get a chance to go to the game. And so for a lot of those kids, uh, this will be a lot of times it's the first time they're out of the city. Oh, sure. To, to do yeah. something like and this. And give them it's, a little vision of what's out there. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a really cool thing, and so uh, it'll be great to see them and, and some feedback on, on that group as they get a chance to experience uh, the University of yeah. Illinois. Well, that's going to be awesome, and so they'll uh, they're here today and tomorrow. So that'll be that'll be great, and all the usual uh, all the usual the things. Grow. You know, the parking the parking lot's open at seven o'clock tomorrow. Uh, right now, there are no changes in turn because there is snow out there, mm-hmm. uh, and some of that's going to melt today with the sun out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is snow on the on the field, but there's no changes in the parking at this point in time. Grange Grove will be open. We've got a band uh, that starts at twelve thirty, right after the Illini walk goes through. Uh, obviously, Barry and the marching Illini will be a part of the uh, with the, the their their performance there on the west side of the stadium uh, prior to the game, prior to uh, mm-hmm. the, the walk, the Illini walk, and then after they come through, they play some music, and so are uh, you know right before the team gets there, so they get to do that. The band uh, Zarilla will be uh, starting. Um, you're a, you're a big fan of those, I know. Zarilla, right? yeah. absolutely, yeah, and um, and so all the other things that go on at. at uh, at Grange Grove, uh, we got word just a couple days ago the uh, was Saturday night uh, football going on, uh, Saturday night football in America, whatever NBC calls it, uh, is is in Chicago on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. They have a semi truck uh, with with a bunch of football display stuff inside. Really, it's going to be here uh, uh, t- tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so fans will get a chance for a couple of hours prior to the game time to to walk through it, and it's going to be parked there on First Street, kind of around the Grange Grove with the food trucks hmm. and the, all the other stuff going on. So that'll be kind of a cool thing. Chance yeah. fans will get a chance to do that. Yeah, they just called us to, like I literally Wednesday, and said, uh, "Hey, we're we're on our way to Chicago, and uh, we've never been at the in Champagne. You know, what do you think?" And it was like, "Absolutely, well, sure, yeah, yeah it makes perfect sense." <laughs> hey, Ken, I appreciate you and Cassie and Barry all year coming by on these home games. Always helpful information. And well, we appreciate, appreciate the time. It. I mean, there's a lot of things. Every game that goes on um, at Memorial Stadium and around our games, and uh, you know, so many people are. You know, we're all proud of Barry and the and the, and the marching Illini and the performances they put on every every game and every year and all the things they do for us. Uh, Cassie's been a great addition to our athletics department staff. Uh, in the marketing department, the fact that she had worked here before, she mm-hmm. she really knows the lay of the land. She has a lot of ideas uh, and she, that she picked up, and it's not unlike you know when I I left here, I was here for seven years. I left and went to to Kansas mm-hmm. State for four, and came back, and all of a sudden I had seen a whole new realm of of yeah. how things happen at other schools, and that's some of the stuff that Cassie brought back with her, and and so she's uh, terrific to work with, and mm-hmm. has some great ideas, and so we're always happy to to do things with her. Um, and so, you know, we'll sit down after this season and take a look at everything that worked and and start making plans for next year pretty soon. We're we're always trying to improve our, our game day experience for the fans at the, in, the, in the stadium. Um, the Grange Grove has been incredible, oh, uh, has grown awesome. uh, leaps and bounds. Our students uh, have really taken to that north end of it and, and turned that into a, a really high-energy zone. Uh, we've done all those other activities and the other other parts of it, and and fans have really enjoyed it, and um, we'll continue working on on ideas for that. So, Brian, we look forward to seeing you yeah. uh, uh, tomorrow at the game, and I know you've got quarterback club with the seniors uh, yet today. Yeah, that's going to be and, fun. Um, gonna gonna miss those guys, uh, those of us who are around the team a lot, see them and and work with them very closely, and gonna miss them. But that's that's the the kind of the way college athletics goes, right? There's this ebb and yeah. flow of Influx of new guys. I can tell you, uh, five years ago, 
Um, I, who knew? You could not have predicted where these guys were going to end up and who was going to be here, and some guys drop off along the way. Mm-hmm. And, and so same as the guys who are on campus now moving forward, but these, when they stick it out and, and have a great experience like these guys uh, have, it's, it's always very rewarding, and especially when they get a chance to come yeah. back years down the road. So Thanks, Kent. All right, Brian. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Go Illini. Go Illini. Back after this. All right, we're on Penny for your thoughts here. News Talk 1400 DWS. We ran a little long. We had a lot of input from a lot of different folks. Uh, one last text here uh, to close it out. Uh, it says, polite request uh, to Brian, please don't conflate Israel and Judaism or support our opposition for one with the other. A lot of American Jews find this a little demeaning or minimizing. Honest mistake on your part. Plenty of people make it. Just wanted to share that perspective. Thank you. And uh, good morning. Tell Eric if the teachers got to write their own retirement bill like our part-time lawmakers do, they would have the sweet deal. That is from Greg. All right, got to get to Michael here with the news. Uh, We're a little late today. We'll get to that at 11.04. Rush is coming up. I'm out next week. A lot of different programming ahead. Monday morning quarterbacking. I'll be in Maui. We'll talk to you then on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Here's Michael Kaiser.